Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Munganas St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. You know, Brian, a common question that I get from people is now that there are no sports, what are you going to talk about? Mm -hmm. And my answer to that is we're going to talk about sports and we're going to talk about life. And just because the games aren't going on doesn't mean we can't talk about things that make people happy. And that's what we're going to try to do on this show from 10 to 12 when I do sports every 15 and 45 on Total Information AM or or anything else. Sports are something that I think people um, have used throughout their lives as a distraction, as entertainment, and to make them happy. I totally agree. And that's what we'll do. And I'm excited about what we're rolling out tomorrow. The 2011 World Series and playing that in its entirety, not the World Series, the actual run from when the Cardinals were 10 and a half games out all the way through Game 7 of the World Series. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that from tomorrow through May 11th. So just be prepared for seven weeks, whatever that is, six, seven weeks of baseball every night. And on Sundays, in, in the case of Sunday, it'll be a day game. We're mm-hmm. going to do those on noon. And we're going to play along. Like So tomorrow morning, I'll say, Cardinal baseball tonight at 6.15. <laughs> the Cardinals are 10 and a half out, taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Edwin Jackson, I believe, is a starter tomorrow. I have to check and make sure he's starting. Edwin Jackson's starting against the Pirates. You know, we're good. Yeah. Because I want people to experience that. I think once it catches on mm-hmm. and people start talking about it on social media or calling and telling their friends, hey, yeah. Cardinals game's on right now. Okay, yeah. What's going on? Because, you know, not everybody. We like to think that the whole world listens to KMOX, but they I think should. they should be. Yeah. But I think that word of mouth will it'll start to spread, and people are saying, well, wait a second. And the memories that that brings back, and I'll just share one real quickly. We, uh, My wife and I just got married, and we went to Ireland with Ron Jacober. 
he led the group to Ireland. And so that week we were in Ireland, we'd start every morning getting on the bus, and Ron would come up and stand there and say, oh, the Cardinals beat the Pirates last night. This team and the Cardinals are now nine and a half out. Eh, no big deal. Uh, Sue was telling me last night that when we went on the trip, Ron told her, oh, the Cardinals are done. It's over. And my always optimistic wife was like, oh, come on. You can't give up on your team like that. And every day he'd come in and say, now they're down, they're out eight. Now they're within seven. And so by the time we got home, we were in a pennant race. So that was a great memories from that 2011 run. They were ten and a half games out on August 25th when they played the Pirates that day. I'll tell you a little story real quick, and then I'm going to add to it later when we talk about this in depth at 11.30 today. We had the Cardinals got swept by the Dodgers and it was a four-game series at Bush Stadium. It was super hot. It was in August, and they got swept in four. And it was so bad. Uh, it was a day game. And it was so bad that this this made it even worse. We had a Cardinals banquet that night at the MAC. Ooh. So it was John Rooney was the MC, and Mike Claiborne and I, our job was to go around and interview players. Oh, So we got together before the game. And this was August 24th. They lost 9-4 to to the Dodgers. By the way, Edwin Jackson is the starter tomorrow. <laughs> um, they lost 9-4. to Before that, they lost 13-2. to And then the other games were a little bit closer. Uh, I apologize. It was a three-game series. But anyway, they got, they got swept is yeah. the point. It was ugly. So, so we all got together and said, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to ask these guys questions? What is the tone of this thing? Mm-hmm. And we were so down. And then everybody, I mean, John Moselock gave a speech. Tony LaRusso gave a speech. And while they didn't wave the towel necessarily, it was very much a tone of, look, we're going to try to finish this thing out the best we can and try to be better, and et cetera. And then Adam Wainwright was one of the players that I interviewed out in the crowd. And I'll, I'm going to tease this because I'll tell the story and actually tell you because I wrote a column about it. And I'll read word for word what he said. But he stood up. Remember, he was hurt. He was out for the year with Tommy right. John surgery. Mm-hmm. He stood up and he gave a speech to the crowd in that room, basically saying, don't give up on this team just yet. We've got a shot to turn this thing around. And I think people were kind of like smiling along. and But he got them into a frenzy. The place started to erupt and, really? and there was a huge ovation. And his words were prophetic. So I'll tell you what those are. It's coming up at 1130. I'm going to tell that story. Awesome. Can't wait. It was really, really something. But I hope that everybody... Um, spend some time today, uh, and you know, that this show provides you some comfort that this is a familiar voice and familiar, some familiar voices that we're going to bring on the show. We're going to talk some sports and take your mind off some things coming up next is Bryce Weiler. Bryce was born blind and has an amazing story. He's a sports commentator, philanthropist, uh, innovator, I would say in that he started this organization called Beautiful Lives that allows people with disabilities the opportunity to go participate and experience sports. It's absolutely awesome. Bryce himself, born blind, can't see, goes to ballparks and consults with teams like the Baltimore Orioles how to make your park more friendly for for people like me to get around or for people who can't get around very well. He is an incredible inspiration. He's coming up next on KMOX. We're going to have some fun with him also on the show. 
Travis Ford. He's at the bottom of the hour at 1030. We'll hear from the Billikens coach. Boy, they had a good year. And I think things are looking good for next year for him. 1045, Mark Adams will talk some college basketball with us. He's the analyst with ESPN. Very high energy, enthusiastic. His Twitter handle is Enthusiadams. And I think you're going to like hearing from him. He also has a new book out that I think is pretty good. Uh, at 11.05, we'll hear Jack Flaherty talking to Chris Raby. Jack was on the air for the entire 6 o'clock hour on Friday night. And Jack, is <laughs> he has been great on social media. He's coming up with new lists and brackets every day. Huge sports fan. We'll hear about his offseason as well as, as the Cardinals ace. Can't wait to get back on the mound. Uh, at 11.30, as I mentioned, the Adam Wainwright story and some Cardinal baseball. And 11.45, Chris Blair. Boy, he gets right to work, doesn't he? Next Sunday, they're going to have an eSports event. They're going to have a race on a digital replica of Worldwide Technology Raceway with 62 drivers involved. This sounds awesome. Isn't this awesome? Yeah. He's going to explain. Fun. This is a week from today. How mm -hmm. you can get involved, how you can watch it. All of those things coming up on KMOX on Sports on a Sunday morning. Chris Blair, the GM of Worldwide Technology Raceway, giving you some entertainment here really, really soon. I think this is what sports is going to be here for a little while as we all gather together. We're going to be back in just a moment. It's 1014. Sports on a Sunday morning continues. I'm Tom Ackerman. Back after this. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We're back on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning. Always great to be along with you and always good to talk to my friend Bryce Weiler, who joins us on KMOX. Bryce, how are you, my friend? How you been? Hi, Tom. I've been great. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on here with you in the first Sunday of spring. It is. Oh, Bryce, you're absolutely right. It's the first Sunday of spring. I, I noticed that the green grass is starting to look good around here and, and, and feel good. And I know that uh, for you, born blind, uh, you have been an incredible inspiration to me. I, I would say, and I told you this years ago when we first met, that what do I have to uh, complain about, mope about in my job uh, or in my life when you have made your way into the sports business yourself, having not been able to see, you've worked your way into commentating on sports. You've worked uh, starting with uh, Marty Simmons sitting on the bench with Evansville and, and being part of the college basketball scene. You've gotten to know coaches by sheer effort, by reaching out to them and being a great conversationalist. You've been able to work most recently with the Baltimore Orioles as a disability consultant, and now you've co-founded the Beautiful Lives Project, and there's even more you're going to talk about. But Bryce, how uh, did you do all of that, and what can you say on a day like today when we're all trying to adjust and trying to understand what's happening to us? So you mentioned the that the grass is green, and while I know that as a fact, I don't really know what the color green looks like, had I known I was going to tell you that today was the first Sunday of spring, I would have looked up other things that were the color green on Wikipedia. But since I didn't do that, I don't want to guess. Like, I think that I know some things that are the color green, but I don't want to, to mention and be then incorrect in my facts that what I picked was actually a red tractor and not a green colored tractor. Right. But how did I get to what I've been able to do in my life was through calling people, um, connecting with people, emailing people, and really reaching out to them and saying, 
I would like to do this in my life, whether it's helping sports teams make their stadiums more accessible like I've done for the Orioles in Baltimore or giving fans the opportunity to play on the field with, with both Baltimore's team and my nonprofit, you know, reaching out to people has been what I've done to make myself or to, to get myself to where I have wanted to be throughout my life. So now this is a time where people need to be reaching out to others with the social distancing that is taking place. People should be emailing others, calling others, checking in with their friends, talking to people they haven't conversed or contacted in about two or three years because everyone needs voices to come through in this time or to get a special message on social media to really keep them going and to keep them trying to make it through these these hard times. You write uh, several things on your Twitter page, and one of them I saw, and this was before all of this really started to take place, as we were starting to learn about coronavirus, but now it applies more than ever. Sometimes we're tested not to show our weaknesses, but to discover our strengths, you wrote. What do you mean by that? So when you have to be tested by something, whether it's me convincing people that I can work in sports or other things such as that, people are are always going to tell you that you can't do things or that I shouldn't have commentated games on the radio as a broadcaster who is blind. But I was able to overcome that by saying, I'm not going to let some people say that I shouldn't be going on sports broadcasts to try to talk about sports because I'm going to do whatever I want to do to help people to live their best life possible and overcome the obstacles and challenges that they might be facing in their life. Tell me about Be My Eyes, which uh, is a something that you have and the website if people want to follow along is bemyeyes.com but as the co-founder of beautiful lives and we're going to talk about that project in just a moment you do so much for people with disabilities and you were about to give and you give a lot of motivational speeches to people around the country you were about to give a speech and you learned about be my eyes tell me what that is bryce So I had known about that special app since July of 2017, and that app is an app where people who are blind can call in on their phone using the the back-facing camera on their phone, and someone who is sighted anywhere in the world can answer their phone call in many different uh, tongues, English, Spanish. They have a whole bunch of of volunteers and the person who can see can help the person who is blind or can can see a slight bit to do daily tasks for example i use it to have my stouffer's food boxes read to me so i know how long to warm something up in the microwave for because overcooking green beans and microwavable mashed potatoes is not a good thing no Uh, green beans are rather hard but um when I used it back in September, it was actually the the day before I spent time with 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 you over by um, uh, where we taped the last segment when I was on your show, and I was getting ready for a speech to members of the state government who work with with people who are blind, and I wanted to take a shower, and there were two bottles on the counter at the hotel room that I was staying in. They felt exactly the same. They smelled almost exactly the same. 
I knew one of those was shampoo. The other one, I didn't know what it was. So I called in to the app, and someone in uh, Massachusetts answered, and they helped me find that the extra bottle was lotion. I don't want to put lotion on my hair. No. And then they helped me find the proper shampoo bottle so I could go finish taking my shower and get prepared for my speech to inspire the members of the state government. What do you what do you say when you meet with members of state government? What what do you speak on, Bryce? So this speech it was a three day speaking series across the state from uh, uh, Chicago to Bloomington to uh, Fairview Heights, and this speech or these these three segments of speeches I was I was speaking about how what the individuals do work for the state government to help people who are blind to get through college and to then find a job after finishing college has so much value because there are so many roles in this society and this world where people don't think um, that they have value or people people don't really value them for example the people who clean bathrooms at stadiums or hold the doors open for people when they go into the um, clubs at stadiums or people who are working in the grocery stores now or going to your favorite place where you like to eat. You got takeout from somewhere last night. I don't remember where, but I read Amagettis. Yeah, Amagettis. Yes. And so, you know, those people, those jobs are now coming to the forefront and people are realizing how important the grocery store clerks are, the individuals who, who clean the bathrooms and clean all the door handles and take out the trash are because those jobs are helping keep us safe, and they were helping keep us safe before, but people did not value those individuals. Amen. No, you're absolutely right. Bryce Weiler is with us, co-founder of the Beautiful Lives Project. Now, you do some amazing things for people with disabilities, giving them the opportunity to participate in activities and events. Obviously, with COVID-19, you're suspending all of those activities until further notice, at least through the end of March and it looks like uh, April and May have been canceled, postponed as well. And, and, of course, we'll keep in touch. But tell us what Beautiful Lives has done to this point, And when it does come back, what you're going to do for people here in the United States. So with the Beautiful Lives Project, we work to help people who are blind, you know, any group of, of people, people, in, people with autism, people who are in wheelchairs, to help them live their dreams in a few various categories, programs that they can play on the field with sports teams, programs where they can do things in nature, hiking, nature trails, walks, programs with, with the arts, with being on stage and, and, and doing a play or singing with a choir or other arts such as painting and sculpture and things such as that. And then health, because health is so important. So, you know, working with with certain groups to find exercises that, that everyone can do. No matter what their challenges they're facing in their life, everybody can exercise if they just want to do it. I woke up at 7.01 this morning and walked three miles on the treadmill so I could prepare myself for speaking with yourself and all of the great individuals who listen to you on the radio and on the Internet and the app as well. Man, you're something. Um, Bryce Weiler is with us, and finally, uh, before we go, because I, I I could talk to you for an hour, but I do want to make time for Travis Ford. You know how you, we want to hear from those coaches. So those are your guys, those college coaches, Bryce. Uh, there's there's so much I want to get into with you, but going back to something that you tweeted, 
um, that Beautiful Lives actually uh, tweeted. It says, you are precious, you are loved. This was yesterday. You are precious, you are loved. Head high, we will overcome. Have a beautiful day. Uh, the Beautiful Lives is found at beautifullives.org. This is a time for us, as you said, to reach out to each other, to tell each other that we love each other. What can we do uh, in the meantime, Bryce, to, to connect with you and to feel better about each day as we move forward here? If people would like to call me or text me, uh, they can do that. Uh, my number is 812-899-5673. They can also contact me at bryce.beautifullives.org. I am hopefully going to be speaking on, on more radio stations across the country. So if you have any listeners out there who who know radio people, I'd like to use my life and, and what I've done to try to help people make it make it through these hard times because people – they aren't really used to to being at home and, and not being able to go out into the world. And I spend a large portion of my time at home, so it's something that I'm very used to, to doing and to coping with. So I want to be able to help others. They can contact me, you know, as well through various other means. But, you know, Tom, if you want to share my email and number or whatever you want to share on your Twitter and tag my Twitter in it and the Beautiful Lives Twitter, that would uh, be fantastic. That's pretty awesome. Uh, let me throw that out there again. This is your phone number. It's uh, This is the phone number we're on right now. So you're giving out your number yeah. for people that want to chat or text. 812. Well, how many actually call me? I've done this before, and it never works. <laughs> Let's see if they actually call you, Bryce. I have a feeling they will. 812-899-5673. 812-899-5673. Do you want me to give the Beautiful Lives email or your Gmail? Uh, you can give my Beautiful Lives email, Bryce okay. at BeautifulLives.org. That's easy and to remember. And if you want to yep. email any of our other Beautiful Lives staff members, go to www.BeautifulLives.org. And it's the Who We Are page because then they can email all the staff members. And you're getting ready to talk to Coach Travis Ford, who was on television yesterday as a part of the Kentucky Duke great game from the 1992 season when my good friend Rick Patino lost to Duke, unfortunately. Yes, he did. And I'm going to ask Travis about that very moment in March Madness history. Uh, you're a good man. You're from uh, Illinois Claremont, right? That's right. Claremont, Illinois. That email is bryce at beautifullives.org. B-R-Y-C-E is how you spell Bryce's first name. Bryce Weiler on Twitter. W-E-I-L-E-R is his Twitter handle. And uh, you're going to get it, man. You're, you, you'll hear from people. 812-899-5673. Bryce, thanks for lifting our spirits and putting everything in perspective, and we'll stay connected as always. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. You're the best. Bryce Weiler, that's how, that's how you lead off the show right there. 1030. Travis Ford, the SLU basketball coach, is next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. We'll catch up with Travis Ford here in just a bit as we make contact with him. Mark Adams right around the corner to talk some college hoops in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, we do have a couple of things to pass along in the area of basketball. Is that Trey Jones, the Duke sophomore, says he's going to enter the NBA draft. Point guard for Duke, named the third-team All-America team, has decided to make himself available. He will enter the draft. He is declaring for sure. He averaged 16 points, 6 assists for the Blue Devils. 
The highlight being his buzzer-beating shot off his own intentionally missed free throw to win that comeback, that wild comeback over North Carolina on February 8th. Uh, we are going to be joined now by Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens. They had some year they were getting hot going into the Atlantic 10 tournament, that's for sure. But right as they were about to get going in that tournament, the season came to an end, as did all of professional and college sports. And joining us is Coach Ford now in KMOX. Coach, great to have you. How are you? How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. This is a, a, a different time. I know we're all adjusting, and I really appreciate you taking a moment to be with us as we try to adjust to this new norm. It is uh, it is really something as we adapt and, and try to stay strong, Coach. Yeah, Tom, it's uh... – you know, I don't know if there's anything that could prepare you for this. Uh, you know, there's uh, it's such a change for everybody. It's not just sports people. It's everybody's going through uh, extreme changes in their lifestyle and what's going on. And, uh, you know, you, you just take it day by day, I tell you, for, uh, for our season to end literally abruptly. Uh, we are in the middle of a practice. We are literally – 35, 40 minutes into a full sweat practice, uh, athletic director Chris May comes in and says it's over. And, you know, in my 23, 24 years of, uh, you know, being a head coach at the college level, uh, that's a strange ending. That's a really strange ending. But we understood it. Uh, it had to be done, and uh, we were fully supportive of it. But uh, this is just different times, that's for sure. For sure. And your team was playing really well going up to that point. When you look back, at 2019-2020, while there wasn't a, a finish necessarily, there was a beginning and a middle, and it was a, quite a, a run by your team. I mean, I, I would have reason to believe that you would have been a very tough out in that Atlantic 10 tournament. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and, and we think so as well. Uh, we as a coaching staff thought we were playing our best basketball, but everything we saw on a daily basis from practice to film work to scouting reports uh, to how we were playing in games and all the stats backed it up. And every, you know, in our last seven games, we won six of our last seven. I think we were by margin of a little over 12 points a game uh, for those on the road. Um, you know, everything backed it up that we were playing as well as really anybody in the country at any level. And uh, we thought uh, we had a chance to go to Brooklyn and uh, possibly win it. We knew we had three tough games in front of us, they, uh, possibly either St. Bonaventure or George Mason, whoever would have been in the first game. But uh, we felt good. We felt really, really good on both sides. Offense was really, really clicking. I thought everybody kind of felt, find, found their niche. We – uh, we're passing the ball well defensively. Our numbers were tremendous, uh, you know, defensively. So, yeah, I'm with you. But, you know, again, a lot of – it's easy to say that. A lot of teams can probably say that. But I think our stats backed it up that we were playing really, really good basketball at the end. What does your team look like for next year? It, it seems like you're returning a lot of your firepower and adding a little bit more, Coach. Well, we, we feel like we are. The only really player that played a lot was Tay Weaver. Uh, he was the only uh, senior on our team, so everybody else is returning, uh, as well as you know, Fred Thatch missed most of the year, a young man that we thought would have been you know, uh, one of our top players this past season, Gibson Jimerson, who set out all of conference uh, season, was averaging almost 12 points a game. So we get those two young men back, and uh, then we'll add some pieces uh, to the mix, as you mentioned. So, uh, you know, we feel very positive about it. That's for sure. We, we feel like, uh, 
you know, uh, our, our team is in position to do something special. But, you know, we got to stay humble. we got to stay hungry. We can't depend on, you know, just because we felt like we were playing well this year doesn't mean automatically you're just going to do it the next season. you got to start from scratch. Whenever we get together again, who knows when that's going to be, whether it's summer school or whether it's in the fall semester, we got to start from scratch. We've got to build that hunger again. We've got to make sure our guys understand that uh, you just can't rely on what you've done in the past. You've got to really, it's what you do in the, in the present. So uh, it, it will, we'll, we'll teach next season. We'll as a new opportunity, a new season, and uh, we'll have a better understanding of our team because we had so many new players this year. You know, I wanted to ask you about your March Madness experiences. I know a lot of people have looked back at the tournaments. We, of course, just, you know, today would have been the day that we would have known the entire Sweet 16. The second round would have been complete at the end of today. So it's tough. It's really hard not to have it. But it is giving us a chance to look back at some great moments. And I'm going to skip past the Duke game, actually. You know, I thought about asking you, you about that, but I'm not talking. I don't want to talk about that. Well, we're we're going to skip well, past thank it. you because I literally probably – it was on TV, I guess, yeah. yesterday because I was receiving – I bet I got 100 texts and probably 30 phone calls I didn't answer because I knew what everybody was talking about. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the text I was getting. It's unbelievable. So, I, I really just don't even want to talk about it. And I'm not – and as you know, I'm an, I'm an Indiana thank fan. You. Um, but I don't. I don't want to talk about it for our Kentucky listeners. I don't want to talk about it for our Duke listeners either. We're going to move on. But the next year, you know, we, were, were you not the most outstanding player in the South Region, Travis? I was. I was. And you know, the next season we go to the Final Four. And and to go back to that Duke game, uh, I played eleven, twelve minutes in that Duke game, mm-hmm. but. Our team learned so much from that. Now, we had four great seniors, elite seniors in that in that Duke game that really taught us all a lot. But we really used that game to propel us, I thought, and what we learned from it to get to the Final Four next year, in which, uh, you know, was one of the great Final Fours when it was uh, us, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, Michigan, the Fab Five, Michigan, who we ended up playing in, in, in the first game of the Final Four. Um, in, in the, at that time, was the largest crowd to ever see a, a, a Final Four in person, 64,000 in the Superdome in New Orleans at that time. Now every game is in a Superdome or in a dome. Um, and also an interesting stat on that next season, we, at that point we had the largest margin of victory per, uh, for those first four games. We won our, those first four games by an average of 22 points a game to get to the Final Four. We yeah. were really rolling along. Let me give you the uh, scores. Yeah. The, you guys crushed Ryder 96-52. Then you beat Rick Majerus. I mean, that, <laughs> beat him Utah 83-62. Then you dropped the hammer on Wake Forest and Dave Odom, who's no slouch as a coach either, 103-69. And then cool. here comes Florida State in the regional final and Kentucky drops them 106-81. My goodness gracious. That's yeah, you go back to go back to that Wake Forest game. Yeah. That was supposed to be the game. It was Jamal Mashburn versus Rodney Rogers at yeah. the time. Two of the best power forwards in all the country. It was being built up all week. Um, they were having a great, great season. We were having a great season. I think we were up 26, 27, 28 at halftime. At halftime. It was crazy. Um and then the next game was against Florida State, and they had, I think, four first-round draft picks in their starting five. Bob Sur, Charlie Ward, Doug Edwards, 
Uh, you can go down the line. They were loaded. Yeah, no Man doubt Cazale, about it. I mean, they were loaded. <laughs> they were, that was an awesome team. Uh, eventually, uh, you did lose to Michigan, uh, who went on to lose to North Carolina in that famous game where Chris Weber tried to call a timeout. He, he traveled anyway, but uh, uh, on that that final play, that wild scene, uh, and Rick Pitino, and, and what a team that was for Kentucky. What a time, and I'm sure some some great memories, really, as you look back at those times, Coach. Oh, incredible memories, and, you know, that's what it's all about. I tell my team that all the time. Uh, being a part of a team is, uh, you know, in college, yes, you gotta get it. you're getting an incredible education. You're preparing yourself for the future, but it's also develop, about developing relationships that are going to last a lifetime through your teammates and everybody around you every single day, but it's also about creating memories. And those memories are created through games, through travel, through practice, through film work, through, you know, there's all kinds of ways. And, uh, you know, I still say to this day, as far as a player is concerned, for me as a player, uh, the greatest memory would be going to that Final Four. Uh, and it, uh, it was something that uh, was, uh, you know, like a dream come true, something you spend in your, you know, you're in your backyard uh, or in your driveway practicing your last second shots to go to the final four and you know things like that uh you know you just live for those moments it's so much fun to reminisce about that with you great to hear your voice great to talk to you i'd love to spend more time talking hoops with you we'll do it again soon hey thanks a lot for having me tom take care great to have you travis ford good luck to the billikens they are going to be really good next year they really are Travis Ford, the head coach at SLU, he has brought the Billiken uh, excitement back to Chaffetz Arena in St. Louis, that's for sure. We'll be back with someone who's always excited to talk hoops. That's Mark Adams, next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back on KMOX, it's 1047, and joining us is Mark Adams. He is a college basketball analyst on ESPN. I first met Mark when we worked together in the Missouri Valley Conference, and I absolutely loved working with him. And, man, I can't wait till we get to do a game together again. That'll happen. That'll happen, Mark. How are you, buddy? (laughs) Tommy, great to talk to you, man. You know, I've missed you. Of course, I... I moved on to the American after about 10 years in the Valley when you and I used to do games together, and you do such a great job. And I've even got my St. Louis Cardinal hat on right now. And oh, I'm a my. Fan, but I, but I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a, a – not a little bit. I'm a closet Cardinals fan. If the Reds don't make it, then I root for your Cardinals. And you and Rooney and those guys and Stat Warman have all – influenced me in that way. So you got to take a little credit for turning a Reds fan into a Cardinal fan as well. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's coming from a Reds fan, folks, looking at the Cardinals. And that's just a sign of respect. You know, I think you think about Cardinals fans would tell you that the the big red machine in the 1970s when this machine was in the garage, the Cardinals really weren't that great in in the 70s. The big red machine was a wonder to behold. I think a lot of people appreciate the work of that team. Well, and I remember the Bob Gibson days, and you know, I used to watch the World Series when I was a kid during the daytime when there was daytime baseball, and it was always really fun. And Mike Shannon, of course, so I've gotten to meet through John Rooney, and so uh, that's kind of where my St. Louis roots started. But I'm a diehard Reds fan, but you know what? It's been hard to be a Reds fan, especially in October, but it seems like the Cardinals are always there. I think the Reds are going to be pretty good. I mean, when we get this thing started again. They could again, be really good. Yeah, they've got yeah, they good. They could be really good. I think if, you, if 
Eugenio Suarez, if he can be healthy, that's another big bat in this lineup with a bunch of guys that can really pitch. We might even challenge the Cardinals and the Cubs this year. Who it, knows? It'll be a good division with the Cubs and Brewers probably not going too far away. Yeah. I think they'll be good. Yeah. Cardinals will be tough, and, and the Reds obviously have made a surge here. I just had – I want to talk about your book here in just a moment, but I just had Travis Ford on the air right before you, and we were talking about some great memories, of course, for him. It's that 1993 Final Four when Kentucky went to the Final Four, and Travis yeah. was named most outstanding player in the Southeast region. Looking back for you, what, what are a couple of your – favorite March Madness teams or memories that really stick with you? Well, I think you'd have to start with Wichita State and their march to the Final Four uh, back in 2014. And you and I got a a close-up and personal look at that team uh, with Fred Van Vliet and Ron Baker. You know, both those guys were were freshmen at that time, Clee Anthony Early. And, And to watch a Valley team explode on the national scene like that. And then, of course, you know, I got to follow them as close as any broadcaster in college basketball with, you know, being on ESPN as the lead guy for the Valley during that time. And it was so much fun to watch that team grow and develop and get better. Uh, the march for George Mason, I'll tell you another great one, Tom, was when George Mason was a bubble team. They probably weren't going to make the NCAA tournament unless they won a bracket buster game. This is in 2006 at Wichita State, and I called the game, that bracket buster game, George Mason at Wichita State, and they had a guy by the name of Fallon Campbell. They had uh, Tony Skin. They had a really good team, and they won at Wichita State, which really got them in the NCAA tournament. And, of course, that team under Jim Laranega went on to the Final Four, and that was the first time a quote-unquote mid-major in a long time really got caught fire and beat UConn, for example, and got the Final Four. Those would be two of my favorite teams all time, that George Mason team and then that Wichita State team. Wow, that's really good stuff. Mark Adams is with us, the analyst for ESPN. Tell me about your book now. This book has a great title, first of all. It's called The Coach and the Geek, Building a Kick-Butt Culture. If anybody could whip me into shape and provide a kick-butt culture, it would be Mark Adams. Tell us about the book and what you're most excited about. You co-wrote this with Jeff Van Fleet. That's correct. So uh, I'm basically the coach, and Jeff is the geek, and we wear those monikers proudly, by the way. And it all started on a sales call. I work for a software testing company called Lighthouse, Te- Lighthouse Technologies here in Dayton, Ohio. And, and Jeff and I were driving down the freeway to Columbus on a sales call. And he says to me, he goes, hey, Mark, look, I know you coached all these years, and I know you won a lot of games, but you know what? You lost a lot of games, too. And he goes, I know you're a program rebuilder, so when you would come into a program the first year, how could you take a team that you knew wasn't going to win very many games, how could you keep them engaged psychologically? How could you hold them accountable? How could you, you know, move them through that process knowing you weren't going to win games, but yet how could you bring success to a program early on that maybe didn't get the W's. I thought, man, what a great question. And so I started talking to Jeff about a career best effort strategy that I developed over the course of my coaching career where it didn't take any concentration or effort to be successful. It didn't take any talent, excuse me, but it took concentration and effort to be successful. An example of that, Tom, would be like if you shot the ball, my, my career best effort strategy would be to make contact with you, then go get the basketball. It doesn't take any talent just takes concentration and effort to do that. And so we developed that strategy across the board, 
both on offense and defense. We would track it. There was metrics involved. We measured progress for every single player. So even though we may not have won a game, we were doing the little things to set a foundation for success. Then we expanded the career best efforts concept off the floor to our, to our student athletes where they, were, they would metrically measure themselves as to going to class every day, for example. Uh, they would challenge themselves to ask two questions in class or to engage their professor and be engaged in the conversation. They might, after class, talk to one of their classmates they thought made a, a good point in class to spread our roots throughout the campus community. All things like that. And the results, Tom, were astounding, where we had the best team GPA at three different universities for men's basketball. We, we found ourselves executing better on the floor every single game as we got better and better with our career best effort strategies. And so Jeff says to me, Mark, you should write a book about that. And I said, no, let's write a book together because he's a process guy. He's a quality guy. He's a detail guy. I'm a ready, fire, aim guy. I, I've got creativity, but sometimes I don't I don't stay with the process in the, in the program. And that's where Jeff and I, we aligned our forces and our talents to write The Coach and the Geek, Building a Kick-Butt Culture. It's a fictional story about a coach who's 0-3 in his third season and realizes that his culture needs a fix fast. And so by fate, he aligns with a software engineer who has just been fired, and they, they realign their own talents along with their team's talents, and they create expectations based upon better use of technology, better communication, better accountability, and it changes their lives together. It's a fascinating read, Tom. It's the best professional program and project I've ever been involved in. Jeff did a wonderful job as my co-author. We're very proud of it. It's on Amazon.com, The Coach and the Geek, Building a Kick-Butt Culture, and if you just go into the search engine of Amazon.com, put the title of the book in. It's $17.95 for the hard copy, and it's uh, $9.95 for the Kindle version. And it's just a fascinating read, and, and we're really, really proud of it. That's awesome. The Coach and the Geek Building a Kickbutt Culture. Look for it on Amazon. Mark Adams and Jeff Van Fleet are the co-authors, and I'll bet you, uh, that there are a lot of things in that book that apply to what we're going through right now with a change in our society, with a change in how we're feeling and moving forward in the new norm. And uh, there's a lot, I'm sure, that can be learned. I, I'm going to spend some time reading the book myself and actually uh, applying that to my life and moving forward. And I think this is a chance for all of us to press the pause button, to read, to spend time with each other and to think about new strategies moving forward. Mark, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the air. I encourage people to get the book, The Coach and the Geek, and thank you so much for talking a little hoops and a little ball with me, too. Tom, my pleasure. There's lessons learned at the end of every chapter, and there's, there's things that you can apply right now. Little did I know when we wrote this book, it would apply so much to the business and personal challenges of this day, and I invite all of your listeners to go out and buy the book and have fun with it. And as we cross paths, I'd be glad to sign them as well. Thank you, my friend. We'll be back on KMOX. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.